you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz, coming to you from the home of Justin Trudeau. It's the 25th of January. We'll talk about the Jazz big win last night over the Detroit Pistons, who have got to be wondering what's happening to them. We'll take your questions about trade deadline, travel, all the fun stuff that we experience, and we'll hang out for a little while on Facebook Live, plus look around the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Today's show is Facebook Live Thursday edition. Is that better? Nah, I don't like that. It's too dark in here. Um, Thursday, Facebook Live edition. We'll take your questions. We'll run through last night's win for the Utah Jazz. And uh, have a good time. So thank you very much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. I am in Toronto, which is a fabulous, wonderful city that we uh, that I... Sincerely, probably one of my favorite places to travel to um, all year long. Uh, just so hopefully I'll get out and get a bunch of stuff done and enjoy it. Uh, I'm wearing my Romark sweatshirt today, which is a ski academy in Salt Lake City in honor of Alice McKinnis and Breezy Johnson, who were named to the Olympic team yesterday. Uh, two Salt Lake City Romark alumni, uh, Breezy, one of the youngest members on the team. So congratulations to the two of them. I uh, want to throw that out there. Uh, all right, uh, today's show is brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group, as our Thursday edition always is, or our Thursday, some of our Thursday editions. Uh, our Shamrock Auto Group is out of Pleasant Grove, and they bring you the um, Facebook Live edition of the program. Uh, they specialize, Rob Taylor, Rob Thomas was in town, by the way, and everybody was emailing me and tweeting me his comments, and, and we were all laughing about the fact that... Uh, that, does he have any idea how famous he is and everything else? Um, pretty funny. Uh, so I appreciate that. So uh, Shamrock Auto, Rob started Shamrock Auto Group out in Pleasant Grove because he didn't like his car buying experience. And he was looking for a nearly new car, and he decided he was going to go do it himself. And he uh, hired Brady Kimball, who's been a longtime mechanic, to go do his buying, so he knew every car would be right. And now he gets a bunch of salespeople that make sure they don't put any pressure on you. And you go read those Google reviews. And after nine years in business, Shamrock Auto Group has got absolutely five-star reviews across the board. It's really impressive. You can give Rob a call at 801-319-2250. 801-319-2250. He wants you to know that he's a Locked On Jazz listener. You get the friends and family pricing. So make sure you tell him that you're a Locked On Jazz listener and you get friends and family uh they are specializing in um, Utah County assault vehicles. Is that good for you? Like, you kind of know the Yukons, the Suburbans, the big SUVs, uh, 6 to 12 months old, five to 20,000 miles, reliable cars. They also have some nice Acuras and sedans. Outdoor pricing in five minutes, test drive by yourself, buying experience in under an hour, full service, can-do financing, value-driven Carfax report on every car. So, uh, pretty cool. All right, I will get to your questions in a second. I know I'm silhouetted, but when I put the curtain behind me on the Facebook Live, um, it just ends up, it makes me claustrophobic. The, my room is awesome, though. I'm going to show, so there's downtown. This is my view. This is my favorite hotel. There, There's Toronto. This city is just the best. It's just got everything to it. It's got 
ethnicity, it's got um, diversity, it's got great food, and then our hotel's incredible. My hotel's, like, totally incredible. Really cool art, actually. I love that art right there. Um, I didn't flip the camera around. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, who's going to come sit on the couch with me over here and, like, read a book, but it's kind of cool. Uh, I actually just finished uh, Underground Railroad, which is what Epe's book club book is. It's great, and I'm reading Black Flag, which is the origins of ISIS. Just started that. feels pretty awesome. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get into the ball game last night. Uh, I thought last night's win was cool it, really as much as anything just because it's something the Jazz haven't been doing. Um, it's not, it's not a, a win that they've been getting. It's the come-from-behind, late game. Uh, we never went down by 10 last night, but I think I shared the other day that we have, like, the worst record, one of the worst records in the league, went down 10. So it's, it, but it's symbolic of kind of what we have not been able to do uh, so far this year. And, then we, and to do it last night was really cool. 10-1 run at the end of force overtime after going down by 9. A lot of Ricky Rubio's coast-to-coast drive. And then we just... You know, it's a great example of learning how to make the plays to win. Uh, the efforts by Rudy Gobert on the two plays late in the game were just exceptional. Uh, I went back and, and watched the fourth quarter in overtime last night on the plane. Uh, short flight, but uh, and and what I wa- and what I saw going through it was on those the two plays: Luke Kennard's final three of regulation that doesn't go in, and then Tobias Harris's miss in the left corner. Rudy Gobert just makes amazing plays. Uh, Andre Drummond sets a pick on Ricky Rubio that sends Ricky Rubio to Ontario before the plane got him here. And a great read by Rubio, actually by Gobert, flies out and alters Kennard's shot and actually has him kind of falling even before he finishes. And then he's playing center field on the final play with the Jazz up three, and they run a really neat play, uh, probably one – uh, I could throw up there, but a, a, a really good play where Drummond gets behind Donovan Mitchell, picks him, so if you're switching, it's very confusing. Rudy recognizes, oh my gosh, Tobias Harris is wide open. Rudy makes the really smart play, which is, I don't care if I leave Andre Drummond rolling to the basket, because we're up three, and gets all the way out on Harris and alters the shot. And uh, really forces him into miss. So two amazing defensive plays uh, by Rudy Gobert last night that led to uh, led to that win. And, and you know, a lot of other guys made plays too. Uh, we've focused so much this year. Sometimes I feel like too much, but on the make or miss concept of things. And last night we made, right? Like that's a huge part of it also is that last night in um, two or three of the key possessions, we made shots last night. And that that's probably a bigger as big a deal as anything. Joe Ingles hits the two three-pointers. It was in Miami, I think, where Joe had those same kind of looks and just missed them. It was against New York where Joe Johnson and Joe had those shots and just missed them. And Donovan comes down and makes them. So, you know, that's a little bit also of this league. We can we can overdo some of this, uh, but it is a make-or-miss league. And last night, you know, to open overtime, we made three straight, and that's as big a deal as there was in anything else. Uh, I thought Rubio was terrific last night. You know, he, he's a really interesting player to have on your team. The, the shooting is I mean, it's problematic, right? Like, there's no other way to say it. It's problematic. You've got a guy who's shooting 39% for the career in the season, I think 29% from three. Um, th- those are those are pretty hard numbers to hide, right? Last 10 games, he's at 37% shooting. Um, th- those are those are hard, hard numbers to hide. And he's... And no one's no one's ducking behind him, and they're and 
And the way the league is right now, it makes it you got to have a pretty unique lineup around him. Uh, but, boy, does he play with passion. And does he play the game with, with a purity. And last night he had 10 rebounds and 5 assists and 11 points and uh, made just a ton of plays and gets hit in the face and has this blood flying everywhere in the stitches and comes back to play. So I, I really... I, I find him flummoxing because it's very easy to focus on the negative, uh, which is his shooting and, as I just said, is problematic. But, boy, does he play with a passion and an energy and a love for the game that's infectious and good to have uh, around your team. Uh, Donovan's struggling a little bit. Donovan was 4 of 8 in the first half. He went 2 of 13 in the second half. He turned it over another four times, according to my box score, uh, which now I think has him near 20 turnovers in the last four games. Okay. Uh, let's let him struggle. This has kind of been my point the whole time on him. He's really good. I have really high hopes for him. Uh, there are also things that uh, may mean that, you know, he, he may not turn out to be the next uh, three-time MVP that we kind of, everyone's like suddenly projecting him to be, but he's special. Uh, and so let's let him be special. Let's let him develop. Uh, the above the break three is not going at all right now. Uh, particularly off the bounce. He's down to about 27% since January 1. I'm assuming that's tired legs uh, and part of the rookie process. It's Or it's a shot you're just not used to taking. You're going to learn. Uh, or maybe there is something that, you know, he's not Damian Lillard as a shooter. I think that's worth pointing out. Dame's got special, special touch uh, when you watch the ball kind of leave his hands. He's one of the special shooters in the game. I, I think Donovan's wonderful. Uh, I'm not sure I believe Donovan's that kind of shooter. Uh, maybe we'll find out. Uh, Dame couldn't finish around the rim like Donovan could early, so there's you know there's gives and takes to all these things. Uh, and and some of Donovan's rim finishing right now is still terrific, but it's interesting to watch how teams are adjusting to it and very aware of it. And he's going to have to make adjustments. And when Rodney's not playing, then there's no other answer out there to try to help him out. And that's that's what was impressive about last night's win, defensive win uh, by the Jazz. Uh, they held the, the defensive rating last night was a 89.7. Something really interesting uh, from the Pistons, just to kind of look at other teams, the Pistons run 42 handoffs a game. They do this to keep Drummond involved. The second most in the league is 32. And then the last amount is, uh, the last point in the process, uh, the average is 20. So they run 42, the next run about 32, 30, so, and the league average is 20. So they run two times more than league average. Early in the year, they were really quite good. They were the sixth or seventh defensive team in the league. In the last 20 games, they've been far worse than that. And I wonder if the league has caught up to them and figured out. It's almost like our game was last night. They scored 24 in the first quarter, and then the Jazz defense started to kind of click in as the night went on, and you could see, figure out how to guard that handoff. And, and so... It's interesting. Drummond was brilliant. 30 points, 24 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 blocks, um, and 3 steals. That line's actually never been done before in uh, in NBA basketball, or at least in 72-73. So really an incredible night by Andre Drummond. So they are getting him more involved, and they're a little bit lacking in who their other guys are. But it's interesting just in the style 
uh, in which they play. Uh, any other advanced metrics notes as we always like to run through the game, then I'll start taking your questions. And I did mention this earlier, but if you're interested, a lot of people have been sending me a lot of questions about our travel and how our travel works. And if anybody wants to ask those kind of questions today, um, I'll see if I can answer them. Uh, effective field goal percentage on both sides was way down last night. It was not a very good offense tonight from the Jazz. It was actually probably one of their worst offensive nights of the year. Uh, 44.8% effective field goal percentage. Pistons were at 42.8% um, effective field goal percentage. I'm actually kind of wondering now. Um, the Jazz offense, the last two games against Atlanta, it was a 91.5, which was a f- uh, 42nd best of the season, so one of our seven worst. Last night was a little higher. So the offense is it's certainly scuffling. Part of that's that D- D- Rodney's not playing, so you don't have the variance of him possibly having a good game, uh, and you don't have – and Donovan's struggling a little bit as well. Jazz do uh, have moved to, I believe, 7-5 uh, and five now in games which Rodney has not played. Six of those seven wins are against above 500 teams. That was the first win against a uh, non-500 team in which Rodney – uh, did not play. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Intercap Lending. Have you heard of Intercap Lending? Well, they've got an amazing, first thing, they've got an amazing deal for you that I'm jealous about. Uh, they are a 40-year mortgage company that's come to Utah. Uh, you probably are hearing some of your friends getting hired by them and things. They're really doing uh, huge hiring in Utah and, be, and, and increasing their workforce. Uh, they, I just used them to refinance. It was really an easy, easy process. You know when you like order pizza right now, you just go on your app and you order your pizza and then either just comes to you? It's almost that simple. Like you go to the Intercap Lending app, you down, get you can get pre, first thing you can do that's really cool in this market where everything's so hard to get taken care of is you can get pre-approved without talking to anyone, pre-qualified without talking to anyone. So then you have that pre-qualification when you go to real estate agents and you put offers in on houses. Then I was dealing with Steve Carter, who's just a wonderful dude, but it's so interesting. I took pictures of things. I didn't have to go places. Uh, the customer service was amazing. They update you on your app where everything is in the process. It was really very, very uh, well done. Someone's calling me. In the, oh, it's going to be the concierge. Uh, well, let me just take this really quickly. This is life. Hello. It was great. Thank you so much, Katerina. Uh, you're going to tell me we have a reservation for four. You're awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's great. No problem. Okay, super. Um, no, I, I trust you. Everything's great. Super. Thank you, Katerina. Okay. Bye. Sorry. Just dealing with dinner tonight. Uh, <clears throat> there we go. Uh, sorry. That's just that's life on the road. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, fabulous restaurant in Toronto called Buka. Yes. We just got a reservation. Uh, all right. So, where was I about Intercap Lending, wasn't I? So, it's not that, like, okay, so that was the concierge. Intercap Lending kind of is the concierge of... Uh, the lending experience, but they do it through the app. They use the modern technology. It was really an easy, easy experience for me. You can call Steve yourself at 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Here's the cool thing. They are going to give you for free the appraisal. By being a Locked On Jazz listener, you get the appraisal for free. That's a lot. So call Steve. He'll then let you go through the app. But make sure you know so that he knows that you're part of the uh, Locked on Jazz. If you're refinancing, if you're buying a home, use Intercap Lending, 
85-28. Low credit, self-employed, business assets, having a difficult time getting a loan. These guys are great at it. They're direct to lender. They can do multiple things for you. They can take a look at any loan and see what they can do. 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. All right, sorry about taking that call. All right, let's get back to it. A um, few interesting notes around the NBA. Gordon Hayward is traveling with the Celtics right now. It's interesting the media coverage on him right now because we look at it with such a negative tint because he's been such a – he's just handled his departure so poorly. Um, but it's interesting to me. They're like in, – in LA, they're couching this whole thing. He's traveling with the team, and then they want him to change scenery and have this wonder – so he can stay in – he owns a – you know, and leave the team flow, get a change of scenery, and, and it's all part of the pro- – okay, he owns a house in San Diego, and they're letting him go spend, like, a week or two in his house in San Diego with his family, which is fine. Like, it's probably the right thing for the Celtics to do. But I love the way the Celtics just spin everything. So this is just pure bitterness probably. Um, that Everything's so positive. The other one, though, that I do think is interesting here is that Gordon is traveling on a West Coast trip and trying to come back close to trying to play. And we play them in late March. And I'm curious to see if he's going to come on that West Coast road trip or and whether he's going to come to Utah. And, frankly, I don't think he'll play by then. I think he would play a little later. But you never know. So, kind of interesting. Could you imagine if he made his debut in Utah? We'd really look bad when we booed the hell out of him. Uh, last night, the few, few notes around the NBA. We'll get to your questions. Last night, the Rockets took... Uh, 53s. 19 of the 22 games in NBA history that have had 53s taken have been coached by Mike D'Antoni. Uh, interesting that Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love are the ones having the problem in Cleveland because when you look at that, um, Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love played on the same AAU team out of Portland, so they should be really, really close. Um, the Celtics, you can add them to the list. Uh, the Celtics had a team meeting as well. Uh, so in the list of just constantly everyone melting down and having just breakdowns this time of year, that is, uh, there's another one. All right, let's go to the questions. Uh, let's load them up. We can talk a lot about uh, trade deadline, the team, all that kind of stuff. But I did also kind of emphasis if anybody wanted to know about travel and things like that, I was, I'm willing to do that. Uh, Matt says, can you introduce me to Joe Ingles? Well, he wouldn't talk to the media last night, so I think there's very little chance of him talking to you. Uh, good morning, Crystal. Uh, I am in a silhouette. I know. I just, I closed the curtain earlier, and it just felt very, I want the light coming in. I know it looks like crap, but we're not trying to be professional, right? Uh, Kate Jones, how are you? Andy says, is there a scenario where we stay put at the deadline, or is a move inevitable? Well, it takes two to tango. So that's the scenario where you just don't really get anything at all uh, for one of your players. And that would be where you end up without a deal. But I I would guess at this point that they, something happens, that um, some of the guys get moved. I mean, the logical one is, is the, the t- two most logical are, are Joe Johnson is heating up and playing a little bit better, and so he you either move him or buy him out for a playoff team. Um, you know, he's just at that stage of the career. You know, it's important. It's very, very important how the Jazz treat Joe Johnson. He was a pretty marquee free agent to sign in Utah. He's got great clout around the league. He's a seven-time All-Star. You really don't want Joe Johnson leaving, going somewhere else, and thrashing the organization. That that would be uh, – or you don't want to 
you know, Joe's aging and kind of what Sacramento's doing to George Hill and Zach Randolph and Vince Carter looks pretty bad. And when they want to sign veterans somewhere along the road, they're not going to be able to do it. You're, you're far better off treating Joe Johnson correctly in this process um, for the well. And then having Joe Johnson, when he leaves, kind of around the league, say nice things. Trevor Booker talking about how much he liked Utah has great value to this organization right now, has great value. Uh, to this organization. So let's let's remember that on Joe Johnson, that there's a value point in just making sure his experience goes well. And so then at that point, after the trade deadline, if he's not moved, you may go to him and say, what do you want? And his agent then hunts around and says, you know, we have a chance to go play for a team that we know is going to be in the playoffs, probably going to make a playoff run. Someone like Toronto might go grab him. And so suddenly Joe Johnson gets to be back in the playoffs and you buy him out, let him go do that. Um, the other obvious one is Derek. Um, though I think, you know, I keep hearing more and more that, you know, Derek really likes his time here. I just can't see him signing to be a backup center to Rudy. That's that's just the only comment on that. Um, J- Jason wants to know how Rubio's eye is. Uh, I have not seen Ricky. I didn't really take notice of Ricky when we got in at like 2.30 last night. Um Though I was right next to him getting in the elevator now I think about it. So I didn't notice. I don't think it got stitched up. He certainly gamed it out last night, though. What a what an incredible effort. Squeaking out victories against these bottom feeders is going to hurt our lottery chances. Time to trust the process. Eh. All right, so, I mean, again? Another phone call? Um, it's kind of annoying. Hi there. Yes. Oh, you're so nice. Don't. Okay, you're great. Thank you. You're so sweet. Bye. Um, sorry about that. The I don't know how to access voicemail. Uh, so this idea that we should tank, I, I do think we're probably not making the playoffs at this point. I think we have too many losses to teams uh, that we probably should have beat in the process. So that does. But if we just look at the league for a second, we're at 20 wins. Right now, Charlotte's at 19. Chicago's at 18. Brooklyn's at 18. The Lakers are at 18. I mean, so if we really went to the tank, I guess we could try to slide down two or three spots. I think the better approach, above us sits New York at 21 wins, Detroit at 22 the Clippers at 23. I, I, if we try to win, I don't think we're going to move up more than one or two spots. I think we're pretty set. right? Sacramento, Orlando, Atlanta, Dallas, Phoenix, Memphis. I would think the Lakers are all going to be <clears throat> worse than us. Probably the Bulls. They're on a more heavy. So we're kind of set at nine. Unless... Brooklyn, you know, depending what we do with Brooklyn. Um, and and so I don't really see a, a full-out tank from us to be able to get to, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't see, right? Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, okay, we could try to lose every game from here on out. Uh, destroy the morale of who we are. Damage Donovan and Rudy probably what they think of our organization. Uh, Quinn's too good a coach to really do this, so you probably have to come close to firing Quinn. I mean, like, it's, 
Like you're to do what, like to really tank this thing out at this point. The damage is pretty significant, and the gain is limited. Now, do you in April decide to give Tony Bradley twelve minutes a night? Maybe, maybe. Uh, but I don't. Also, looking at our roster, I don't really know how we tank. Like we got guys who play hard, who play right, who we don't have. Like Donovan's our development piece, and. You know, I think when if Dante can make it back at some point, maybe you give Dante a set amount of minutes just to get himself right, regardless of whether the outcome of the impact. But I think that's about it. Um. <clears throat> wow, it's nice. Oh, that must have been about the hotel room. Is it clean? The city is so clean. Toronto is a great city. It's incredible in the summer. If you ever get a chance to come out, uh, it's got a great, beautiful University of Toronto downtown, an incredible Chinatown, theater district's cool with pubs and all sorts of vibes, and then incredible food, great culture, huge city. Toronto's like the third or fourth biggest city in North America. Um, biggest North American cities. I think that um, the list of North American cities by population, Mexico City is number one, New York is two, L.A. is three, Toronto is four. Yeah, I mean, it's mammoth. It's so cool. Love it. What am I doing talking to you? I should be out going to Toronto because I love you. Uh, why not stay Why not stay out at the deadline? We are not very good. Lose as many games we can. It gives a better chance at a high pick. Well, we just talked about that, but I also don't necessarily think adding players at the deadline is going to be based on this season. Like, if we go get Miritich... Um, at the deadline, then I think that we're probably looking at him as a piece of the puzzle for next year. If we go get um, a draft pick, we're looking for something that's going to be giving us something in the future. So I, I think that that's, I think that's what we're looking at in regards to this is much more a, um, it's a long-term possibility, not a short-term possibility. Courtney Rowe is watching. She and I were like friends as kids. Uh, it's very nerve-wracking when that happens. Any small chance of trading for Lillard with trading a package including Gobert get him? Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you trade Rudy, you probably could get Damian Lillard. I'm not sure I'd want to do that. Uh, the last two games, Donovan seems to be facilitating more than trying to score. Is that due to coach? No. Donovan was 2 of 9 in the second half last night with like 5 turnovers. Like, we all... I love Donovan. We need to just also be willing to admit, like, when Donovan's not very good and let him not be very good on certain nights. Last night, he was not great. Like, and that's fine. I'm not trying to beat him up in any way, shape, or form. Like, he's allowed at game 46 of his rookie season when carrying an NBA franchise to have not very good nights. Avery Bradley is a hell of a defender. We got a. It's interesting to me how what I'm seeing is every time Donovan doesn't play well, we like give him a hundred excuses. Just say he didn't play very well. Like he had five assists, he had two steals, he had a block, he had great effort. He did he did not shoot the ball well last night. He was six of twenty one. Um, I suggested Lillard over a good deal of time, and no one would have it. Did you give away Gobert? Because the last guy did. Obviously, the league is going a lot more towards looking at all the numbers you report on. How much do coaches take into account numbers 
like Drummond's hands off from game to game bias uh, when making game plans. A lot. It's a huge Antonio Lang and uh, Zach Guthrie, I think, last night did a great job on that game plan. Worked all throughout shoot-around on the handoffs. They absolutely had that number. They knew it. Uh, might be why I had it. It's not, but in a lot of cases it is why I have it. So, no, they absolutely. Uh, Donovan's play has slipped a little since Rudy come back. Is that a cause or effect or just coincidence? It's worth keeping an eye on. I think Alex brings up an interesting point. By A little bit by definition, um, two things. Rudy is going to clog the middle a little bit and take away some of the driving lanes for Donovan, though Favors probably should have been there. Two, though, when Favors is setting that pick, um, it might be a little bit different. So I, I I do think that there might be something that's worth taking a look at. Um, Donovan's pick and roll with Rudy is not as good as his pick and roll with Favors. His, what I actually think the biggest impact is is his best pick and rolls with Epe Udo. Uh, and because of the fact that uh, Rudy is, excuse me, the fact that Rudy's not, um, that Rudy's playing, Epe's not playing, and I think that really hurts him. So uh, I, I think that would be, I think that's it probably uh, more than anything else. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by the Advocates. The Advocates are a Utah company that deals with injury cases. Matt is the head advocate. Uh, and they're injury attorneys. And what Matt, over 25 years, has figured out is there's a craft to it. There's a craft to what you can do as a uh, in these cases. So if you look into the back numbers of what happens in auto accidents with insurance companies and uh, all these cases, there, there's some interesting data points. So the first data point that's important is that only 1% go to trial and only 3% go to arbitration. So now you're dealing with all of these accidents there's a process that's taking place if they're not going to trial and not going to arbitration. Accidents are different. Process is the same. So now what do you do to build that process into an efficient one that gives productivity, allows for mass, maximum communication, and expedite the process? That's exactly what the advocates have done. The advocates have built a 106-step process that they've built over 25 years. They keep getting better. gets you good results. Make sure nothing bad happens to you and treats you well in the process. Give the advocates a call, utahadvocates.com, or call 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. And you'll call a lawyer. will talk to you within 60 seconds. You'll have your own lawyer on your case, and they'll have their special teams people dealing with things along the way. That is theutahadvocates.com. Let's continue. I want to try to take as many questions as we can. Uh, what type of defense rating do you think we can have if Gobert and Udo take all of our center meetings and is it likely center minutes? Is that likely to happen after the deadline? I, that's a, a great question. Um, and that is, I think, the question to where we are moving forward as a franchise. That, that's, to me, that's the essence of, of how good we can be. So let's, let's look that up. Um, I can do that right now if you give me a quick second. So we go and say that our center is in the game for our center is Rudy Gobert. And out of the game has to be Derek Favors and Epe Udo, right? When that's the case this year, our defensive rating is a 102.4. That's not as good as, you know, it's not dominant, but it's really good. 
Okay, so our defensive rating is a 102.4. Let's put Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert off the floor and make our center Epe Udo and see what we get. Because that's the next step, right? And we run those numbers. And our defensive rating is a 103.2. Just rough math here. Three-fourths of the time, we have Gobert in. A fourth of the time, we have Udo in. I do a little kind of estimation. Let's call it a 102.6 defensive rating. Fair? This is how we do. This is how. This is exactly how I look at things. Love this question. This is, a, this is exactly how I look at things. So what does a 102.6... Defensive rating, where does it place the Jazz if that's our defensive rating? And the answer is that would put us this year as the third best defense in the league. Celtics are at 99.8, Spurs are at 100.5, and 76ers are at 102.7. There's three teams that are all close. It's exactly where we thought we were going to be. That all of a sudden happens for the year, and that's that's what we thought we would be. You know, as I have said over the last year, the question has been, can we defend when Derek Favors is at center? And the answer has really been, surprisingly, a resounding no. Um, This has been going on for, for two years now. And that's been... uh. As much the issue as anything, Derek Favors on. See if I can get. The other one, by the way, if you want to, our defensive rating is a 108.5 when Favors is in at center without Gobert Udo. The other one, by the way, that we can play around with a little bit here, if you want to try to feel even better about it. So let's say I want to build this up for you and you really want to say, hey, the Utah Jazz, we could be even better. Take Joe Johnson off the floor. Okay. So Udo is your center without Joe Johnson at the four, and his defensive rating goes from 103.2 to 102.3. Gets a little bit better. Do the same thing with Rudy Gobert. Sorry, I can't do these things off you know on the fly like this off the top of my head. Um, so now we have Gobert in, no Joe Johnson. Defensive rating becomes a 96. Point nine. Now, we're talking about the Jazz being the number one or two defense in the NBA. Maybe the number one, right? So, that now, you may always have a Joe Johnson on your roster, right? You can't just have an entire roster of purely off defensive players along the and see what happens. By the way, those numbers are only playing a stretch four. None of those have favors at the four. I, I, the, um, those were all just assuming we go to Udo Gobert as the center, stretch four. Great question by Bo. Uh, what about a trade sending Rubio and his contract to the Kings and taking back George Hill? George Hill contract only has one more year, fully guaranteed money, same as Rubio. Um, better know what's going on with George Hill's body. 
It has not, and George Hill has not had a great year. Um, and George Hill's year for us was great, but he wasn't available very often. So I guess I would go back to that. It, you better know what you're getting out of George Hill's body. It's not, it's not an outlandish idea. Um, Sacramento right now is willing to give away George Hill and a young player. I don't know if we can get somebody with him. Mitchell's development as a passer from game to game is impressive to me as anything. Do you think the Jazz envision him as a point guard long term? I agree 100% with Spencer on uh, his strength of his passing, the speed of his passing. And then I would also point out he has 20 turnovers in the last four games. Um, I don't think they envision him as a point guard. I don't know what point guards are in the NBA, but I don't think they envision him as a point guard right now. I, I think they envision him as a bona fide scorer. And they want to make sure that he can do that. Uh, Lillard is 36% from three, lower than I expect. I agree, and I don't think he's had um, as great a year as he has some other times. He also takes a lot of late shot clock contested shots, it feels like to me. I could look that up and be. But that's always what I've thought on Dame, is that um, it just feels like there's an unnatural amount of bad shots on him. His career is 37%, so... um, you know, maybe that's not true, but he's his career number is 37%. He's been very consistent to it for most of the last three or four years. He had a blip his third year or second year in the league. One of those was kind of unnatural, and it kind of he's the ultimate example of the rule of 750. Find out what guy's number is at 753 pointers, and that's their percentage. Can you expound more on Mitchell's pre draft workout? Um, I mean, he just had great energy. He was great. His catch-and-shoot game, which we haven't really seen a lot in the NBA yet, was super. That might be why you don't think he's, they don't think he's a point guard. Um, obviously, athleticism. But really, his catch-and-shoot game has jumped out to me in that workout more than anything. I'm confused on reports of Chicago holding out for a first-round pick. Aren't they at the mercy of Miritich due to his no-trade clause? Does it matter if another team is willing to offer a first if Miritich... <coughs> um, well, there's some things they can do, I think, to get out of that no-trade clause, like pick up his option, which they, he doesn't really want them to do. So I'm not sure that it's purely as much a leverage. Um, on the other end, he might want to be he might be willing to go to Detroit, too. Detroit's the other team that's being talked about a lot in it. You know, if you're Chicago, there's no urgency in making this deal at all, so you might as well hold out until someone gives you a first-round pick, and then if, they don't off, get, if you can't get a first-round pick, then you, then you change your plan at some point in time. Uh, Taylor, uh, as part of the challenge this year that Rubio hasn't ever played in a winning culture. I, I think that's a fair comment. He, he makes a, he makes a, uh, a collection of mistakes that I, I'm always surprised a little bit when he makes them. I don't, I don't anticipate them being made like that. Um, so that jumps out to me. I, I would think that's fair. In my perfect world, we could have Hill and Rubio and Miritich. Okay. Crystal, I don't know what your perfect world is. In my perfect world, we can have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and LeBron James. Does Ricky Rubio know his shot selection is not great? The drifting to left jumper shot off balance makes me cringe. It makes Ron Boone cringe too. Um, I don't know what his shot selection should be. He's a pretty good mid-range shooter, and he's a terrible above-the-break three-point shooter. So when he goes and gets that above, he comes into the mid-range, which usually I think is a not very good shot, and then I remember that like I look at Rubio's numbers and he's two of his last 12 on above the break or he's 20 whatever percent of the year and then maybe that a mid-range shot's actually not a bad shot for him uh does a back-to-back when both games are at home as bad as a back-to-back road games 
Good question. I I don't think bat. Let me clarify something here about this. And actually, there's been a lot of talk about this. Not all back-to-backs are bad. L.A. to Utah back-to-backs are inhumane because we're getting in at 3.30, 4 o'clock with a time change. We had one a few years ago we were all talking about on the bus where I think we did a Chicago to Toronto back-to-back, and then actually we do think someone like committed suicide on the road in, and we sat there for like an hour, and we got in at like 4. Like, don't... Those are bad. If we were playing today, I don't think it'd be that bad. Um, I'd miss Toronto, but um, uh, so it's it's um, no, I guess home to home is easier because you're just not traveling. There, to me, there's a big difference between. Road to home and home to road back-to-backs. If you do a road, if you do a home back-to-back, you fly after the game, you sleep, you get in late, you play, you fly back, you go. You have two bad nights of sleep. Whereas if you go road, you come home, you get to sleep, and then the next day you get a, you get a better sleep, right? Because you're coming from home. Th- those are different. I don't know if I answered that well. Good question, Zach. Um, do you think the Jazz are actually going to pull the trigger on trades before the deadline? I think I've answered that pretty well. Uh, is it fair to say in the modern NBA that a center runs the defense like the point guard runs the offense? It's interesting. Easy answer to that would be yes. I never try to go with the easy answer. I think there's a huge value to the Andre Robertson wing defender type players. Right? Danny Green. Look at the Spurs. Like, how are the Spurs the second best defense in the NBA right now? How's Boston the number one defense in the NBA? Is Donovan struggling, or is he trying to focus more on playmaking? Seems like he's trying to play less hero ball and get more guys more shots. Maybe, or he's tired, or he's not making shots. I mean, his above-the-break three is not going in, and that changes his game a little bit. Like, since January 1st, his off-the-dribble three is down to 25%, I think, and his catch-and-shoot is down is about 35 36%. So... You know, that off-the-bounce three he wants to take is not a very good shot right now, and his above-the-break three is not great. So he's just not making some of the shots right now, and that's causing him to to miss shots, and it doesn't look as good. Hood and Joe Johnson for Booker, Sarich, and a first-round pick. Is that realistic? Um, so it's really Hood for Sarich and a first. I don't think so. I don't know why we would get Sarich in a first. Like, maybe for Sarich, they decide they don't want Sarich, and then we have to pay him, and they have to pay Hood. Why would we get a first also for that? Sarich is pretty good. So I, I I think that's asking too much. If Jazz traded a for a good stretch for, like, Love or Mirchich, do you think Ricky would rapidly increase his efficiency? Not offensively. I think he might be a better. There's a chance that Ricky's a better pick-and-pop point guard than he is a pick-and-roll point guard. And Kevin Love's a pick-and-pop guy. Carl Anthony Towns a pick-and-pop guy. So maybe maybe that is going, is part of it. And so maybe he'd be better in that regard, but I don't think he'd increase his, he is who he is offensively. Uh, which national reporter should we trust and not trust when it comes to the trade deadline? 
Zach's really good. Obviously, Woj knows something anytime he reports something. Woj doesn't speculate. Woj knows something if he reports it. You want guys who are speculating who you should believe in when they speculate. Uh, I think Pelton's great in regards to the structure of deals. Like, he's he's never going to throw her out something that can't happen. Um, I really like Ben Golliver, who I have unlocked on NBA today. I really like, and I really like Zach Lowe. Um, those guys are both, you know. Uh, I really like Rob Mahoney, but he's not really that kind of a reporter. I don't know who's really good at that right now. Good question. You guys are good today. Is LeBron proving to be a hard teammate off the court? You hear the stories like love, sickness thing, and Kyrie thing. That would um, why would anyone leave him? He he. As he's gotten older, it seems as though maybe he has gotten. Uh, Kyrie certainly wanted out from LeBron, and and Love has not had a great stay there. If D. Faves is gone next season, it looks like what team would be ideal basketball team situation for him? I don't know. Someone just tweeted in Sam Amick, and that is absolutely right. Sam Amick is great. He is great. Um, I don't know. I talked to someone the other day who thinks Derek's going to get like a one-year $8 million contract in the market next year. He thinks the market's just going to be totally dead for players like that. Uh, he also thinks the whole market's going to be dead. Like the players will be getting 50% of the money they think they're getting. Uh, is Royce's story a bit overlooked due to the incredible rise of Mitchell? This guy came out of nowhere. Fun to see. Uh, I don't know if it's overlooked. It's a neat story. He's playing really well, proving he's a rotation player in the NBA. Love his open floor aggressiveness. Love his slashing from the uh, – and then hit a huge three last night from the corner. So worth taking on a bad contract to get Aaron Gordon's free agency rights. Maybe. If you believe in Aaron Gordon, yes, it is. Wow, we still have a lot of questions. Uh, I've noticed refs taking some sort of notes during breaks in play. Any idea? Yeah, they always they write down plays, and then they review them at halftime. Or sometimes they'll say down to Sakakis, hey, pull this play for me. I want to look at it at halftime. So they actually have a film set ready for them to look at it at halftime to understand if they missed a call or what's taking place or what's happening in the game. It's pretty interesting. Uh, hi, David. Great to see you last night. Oh, this is from Jesse. Jesse, I'm so sorry. I was so after the game, I was busy and didn't really get to say hi. Uh, Derek, I was wondering if Derek did anything act, uh, differently defensively last night. I was impressed with how active he was. Uh, Quinn Snyder said after the game he just competed. He just played really hard. Uh, Ryan says, love your show. Goes great with coffee. What kind of coffee? What do you have for coffee? We can talk coffee. We should do a whole show on coffee. I'm not that much of an expert. Do love it, though. Uh, how many dunks does Donovan have on the season compared to other rookies? Don't know. Don't care, actually. Honestly, my answer on that one is I don't care. I can tell you how many dunks Donovan has, but I'm certainly not going to take any time out of my life to look up and compare that. You can do that at Basketball Reference if you'd like to. Um, I find that to not be of something. Best and worst arena to travel to. Staples Center is our best seat. Last night was pretty good. Um, it has a great setup, very easy to get around. Some of the are actually hard to get around. Um, Denver's is... Denver's difficult to get around. We're really far away. And then San Antonio's, you know, and Boston are laughable on the ability to call a game. Um, Denver's bad also because the airport's 8 million miles away, so you have so far to go after the game. This one's not great uh, in that regard. So it's a lot of travel time. We had a lot of bus time yesterday because we were staying 
outside of Detroit, weren't staying in Detroit. So you end up going to, we bust from Detroit pretty far in, probably 45 minutes into the arena. Then we bust out to the airport, which is pretty far away. Then you bust from uh, Toronto, which is 35, 40 minutes to whatever in the morning. There were a lot of sitting yesterday. That's why I did my yoga this morning. With the acquisition of Kyrie and the emergence of Tatum, do you think Hayward will get the limelight he's looking for in Boston? Probably not. Um, how hard is it to go fly commercial after flying private with the team? Flying private with the team is pretty awesome. Uh, I do some. Uh, I have. Uh, I have to change. I mean, like my toilet. I don't. Not under the same toiletry standards and some of those kind of things. That you are when you fly commercial, and so I'll inevitably screw that up. Um, you think there's any chance we could bring Booker back this summer? Uh, it it doesn't really fit, but Trevor Watt would love to come back, loved it here, and so I think there's always a chance. And I, I actually could see Trevor kind of um, coming back here in the sense that then he's positioning himself to um, for his future career. Uh, nice comments about Joe Johnson. Don't tank, teach Mitchell. Um... What's a better fit for our third of a future big three? Rudy Donovan, stretch four, dynamic wing. Michael, you're asking tough questions today. Uh, how about really good player? I mean, I think if you can get a really – those are too hard to find. There aren't a lot of good stretch fours, and there aren't a lot of big wings. So I would say if you can get a big wing for Donovan, that's probably the better answer because he's there's yet. Has Alec taken 353s yet? That's a good question. You guys are good with your questions today. It's a long show. Um, Zach Lowe just tweeted in. There it is. What was he talking about? Um, see if there's anything important. That... Tristan Thompson will replace Jay Crowder in the starting lineup for the um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Looking up Alec, waiting for the Alec Burks number to come up, and it's not coming up, mate. Internet seems to be slow in the room, which is good. So I'll check that. Uh, other than check, what other fours are you hearing available? Well, I mean, Kevin Love is the name, but I don't know if it's actually true. Um, I don't think I've heard a lot of fours that are available. I haven't heard um, Evan Fournier's name floating around. He's not a four. I think we're going to be surprised. I think there's going to be some names that, that just kind of stun us because we're not we're expecting. Uh, no, Alec Burks is at 613 threes in his career. So he's probably close to a 35.6% three-point shooter. Alex's two-motion shot, is his three is flat. He's not taking it right now. He's not shooting it well. Um, why is everybody obsessed with Jabari? You can answer that question. I answered it and got in trouble last week, so I'm not answering it again. Uh, I say they are making I, – I say they are making the playoffs, but first or second round loss. So I see how you want – to build your team with better picks. Who's making the playoffs? We are? And we're making the second round? That means we're beating the Warriors in the first round. That's awesome. What are your thoughts about players that are in the regular rotation playing one game and then not playing for three games? So if you're talking about Udo, that's because Rudy Gobert came back. So I don't really know what you're, ta- what you're talking about. Um, I'm not following you there entirely. All right, final set of questions coming. Let me first tell you about something that's kind of cool out there. It's called Stevens Henniger College. So if you're working out in the world right now and have a job that doesn't fire you up and you don't love it and you're 
raised a family and now all of a sudden you're looking at the future and you're saying, this is not great. Or I need it to be better. Stevens Henniger is here to help you make it better. Their job is to help students get a job, better job, sooner. It's extremely hard at times in life to stay in school. Now is the time for you to do it. They have fast-paced classes, four weeks at a time, ten hours a class a week, built for your success. In fact, they even have a three-week dating period, that they like to call it, where you can go check them out. They can check you out and see if it's going to work. Financial aid planner will sit down with you from the very beginning. There'll be no other, once they've set the cost, there are no other costs. You know exactly what it is going to be. Courses are designed for business need. Flexible, small classes, 9.5 to 1 is the class ratio. You walk in, you're greeted by as part of the Stevens Hanniger family. One of the neatest things they do is once you're part of Stevens Hanniger, you are always able to come back. So, in other words, if the world changes a little bit, there's a class you want to take, you've already graduated, you can come back and audit for free. Maybe now is the time to look into Stevens Henniger and see if they can alter your future in that little bit to make things better. Keyword, text keyword to 88588. That's keyword 88588. Or visit youineducation.com. That's keyword 88588. Stevens Henniger College. All right, final set of questions. <clears throat> I'm ramping back up the energy here as we move toward an hour today. It's a long show. Uh, do teams take into account who certain players were coached by in college? Can you see Rick Pitino style and Donovan? Oh, I think they do. I think, you know, one of the great questions in the league is, are there any Kentucky guys that are actually good guys that are good teammates? That's a huge question in the league, right? John Wall's having all sorts of problems. DeMarcus Cousins. Great players. Um, but does is there something too uh, negative on the Kentucky guys? That's a huge question that floats around the league. Uh, and... And then are there other coaches whose systems are so good the players look better? Then the other one is the Kansas Wings. Bill Self runs everything to the post. So if you're a Kansas Wing, you're probably better than you look. What would be the chances the Jazz will trade Rubio and or Hood? Rubio seems to be careless with the ball, and Hood just jacks up three after three when he's cold. Wow, that's really pleasant. Well, first of all, Rubio's turned the ball over a little bit more than I think we anticipated. I think that's fair. Um, but I don't think he just... Um, is, I think he's careless. He's trying to make plays. Uh, but we've, he's got to stop with some of those turnovers. Hopefully, as he gets more comfortable around better players, he does that. Uh, if Rodney, on our team, if Rodney's not shooting, uh, there's nobody else to shoot, right? So Rodney needs to be shooting threes. By the way, there's nothing wrong with shooting threes. Third of all, he shoots 39% from three. So... He might miss three in a row, but I'd still want him to take four, five, six, and seven that night. I mean, you want him to take shots. We've talked about Rodney's bell curve. Rodney's, you know, 17 points, three rebounds, two assists a game, 39% three-point shooter, effective field goal percentage right at league average. It's a pretty good player. It's a pretty good player. If Rudy developed a consistent five to ten foot shot, wouldn't that help the pick and pop with Mitchell? Is that realistic? Sure. Um, I think they just need time together. Um, but Rudy's not a great offensive player yet. He's gotten better. He's done some nice things. He had some big plays last two games. He's working at it. But, yes, um, we probably need, you know, Rudy needs to become a better, for us to become a better team, Rudy needs to become more of a threat than just, um, you know, the in, in regards to the pick and roll. Uh, than he has been. The best pick and roll, 
We don't have a pick and roll this year with Rudy that's above .9 points per possession. That that's a problem. Like we that you need better than that uh, with Rudy in the, in the pick and roll. The I'm trying to see if I can find last year. I think both George Hill and Gordon Hayward had that with him. Gordon did, George Hill did, Joe Ingles did, Shelvin Mack did, Joe Johnson. So, so last year it was fine. So some of it has to do with, if you look at Rudy last year, he ran 1,900 pick and rolls with Gordon Hayward and George Hill last year. Well, he's not back. His next most common was Rodney Hood, who he has not, because Rodney went to the bench, he's not playing with. The next was Joe Ingles. The next was Shelvin Mack. The next was Joe Johnson. The next was Dante Exum. He's running pick and rolls with guys he's never played pick and roll with. That's a hu- and he's been injured, so that's a huge part of it. Do you think we're going to go after Miritich by deadline? If so, do you think that would make us a lot better? Uh, I think he's okay. I don't think it's like a game changer. I think it's a nice pickup because he's a stretch four. What do you mean? Like this is what I always think is weird, Dalen. And maybe you weren't watching your words that closely, so you don't care. But like, what does go after mean? Okay, well we've probably at this point called them. They said they want a first round pick. We're saying we're not giving you a first round pick for Miritich. That's crazy. And they're saying, okay, well, we want a first-round pick for Miritich. So now we can hunt around and see if we can make another deal where we get a first-round pick and then send that first-round pick to them for Miritich. Or we can say, well, we'll give you two seconds of when you can't get your first-round pick from anyone. But Detroit's not about to give up a first-round pick for Miritich now either. Right? Detroit's on the verge of being in a lottery also. So the, play, the teams are suddenly going to give Chicago a first-round pick might not actually be there to give him a first-round pick unless Cleveland's going to suddenly do it, and then he decides he wants to go to Cleveland. But they have Kevin Love. I've heard reports of Kawhi not wanting to stay in San Antonio. It seems like he has the personality to come to a small market like the Jazz. Do you know how much longer he has on his contract? I don't, and I don't think they're going to move him. Um, I think, and, and, and by the way, he can't play right now. Like, I love him. He's great. He's an incredible player. He can't play. Like, something might be wrong. Like, that would, and, and, and they haven't figured it out yet, which I think would be maybe the most unnerving thing, right, is that, that's a pretty good team of doctors or a team out there that usually has pretty good resources, doesn't usually have medical problems. So Kawhi Leonard uh, has $20 million on next year and then a player option for 21 he'll decline. So he's a free agent after the 18-19 season. Um, do you think that Quinn is actually more D'Antoni than Thibodeau because of Rudy's emergence? He's been forced to rebuild a style. Quinn has always said... He's a defensive coach because he got Rudy Gobert. He's always said that. He hasn't hit that for for one second in this process. Um, he, he's, he's totally open about that. Uh, and he's played to the personnel he's had, which is probably one of good coaches. Is there anyone besides Miritich we're interested in? Yeah, sure, we're interested in a lot of players. Um, you know. You're, you're hunting around talking and have players you like. Is Rodney our new C.J. Miles an NBA player with spurts of greatness but no consistency? Um, I think he's probably better than C.J. They're pretty similar, though, in a lot of ways. But I think Rodney's probably a little better than C.J. He has the ability to get into the lane and have that pull-up jumper and take that shot that um, a lot of players don't have. Sorry, I keep throwing the camera around. Wow. Whee! All right, we're going to hold the camera here for a second to get the last set of questions. Uh, what are the chances of us trading with the Cavs? It's an unanswerable question. Honestly, I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's, and I've probably been doing this too long, so now I'm getting feisty. I, it's just not like, what do you mean by that? Like, Oh, I did not mean to hang up, but I think I might have just 
We've disconnected our internet feed for a second. We'll see whether it comes back. Otherwise, we're wrapping up the show at the one-hour mark of this. Wow, me being feisty at the one-hour mark. That wraps up an extended, long, too-long edition of Locked on Jazz. Have a great day. It is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.